Good, thank you. Love the setup over here. Isn't that terrific? Thank you for those who've been involved with that. I think Lee Wilson had a fair bit to do with the display over there. So thank you very much. Just adds to that, to the whole atmosphere of, of what the uh, resurrection of what Easter is all about. Um, folks, I'd like you to turn with your, in your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Fantastic passage of scripture. And I'm going to read from verse 12 down to 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we, have, uh, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God to the Father after he has destroyed all dominion authority and power for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet the last enemy to be destroyed is death death has been destroyed amen father thank you for this glorious proclamation this acclamation this declaration lord that we're able to celebrate and enjoy this morning as your people where would we be had you not gone to the cross? Where would, you, where would we be, Lord, had, it, had you not raised Christ from the dead? Uh, Lord, we'd have nothing to celebrate, nothing at all. But Lord, we thank you for the living hope we have because the one who gives hope is alive. He's the living one today. And we thank you for that. We have his word and we pray that you'll open it to our hearts now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, several years ago, um, Rosemary and I were invited to a pre-wedding and birthday breakfast. It was kind of all-in-one type celebration. And it happened on one Sunday morning. For some reason, they would have this wedding. On the, well, some weddings are on Sunday mornings, and they had this birthday on the Sunday morning. And we got invited to this early morning breakfast. It was around about 7 o'clock at a place called Coffs Harbour. But it was up in the mountains of Coffs Harbour, up in the hills. And, uh, and it was there, I think, for the first time, I can't remember 
before that, but uh, I think for the first time, it was there that I heard the sound of an Alp horn. Anyone ever heard an Alp horn? Um, a Swiss Alp horn. I, I don't even know if I've ever seen one before. But there at this place uh, was one of these Alp horns. It was a, and you, if you uh, get a chance, have a look on the YouTube or something like that on the internet, you'll see what it is. But it was a long tube-shaped instrument, if you don't know what it is, about eight foot long. So you stand back here, and the end of it sits down like that, and it sort of curls up. And uh, it's uh, a weird sort of an instrument uh, with a trumpet sort of mouthpiece and a big funnel at the end. Uh, who hasn't seen one, by the way? I'm probably talking to people, you'll know what it's about. And they would blow this thing. I don't know what else they would do, but they would blow this thing in the Swiss Alps. And uh, you can imagine it could be heard for many, many kilometres. And uh, skilled players can actually play tunes on this thing as well. Well, um, the, group, the, the couple, uh, sorry, the, the groom's uh, brothers, uh, they decided that they were happen, happened to be a Swiss-German family as well, by the way. And they decided to send an early morning greeting to the neighbours from the hills just out from Coffs Harbour and I think most of Coffs Harbour would have got this greeting as well because uh, they blew this thing and I tell you what there's a lot of people around at this party and everybody just stopped and kind of looked at where this sound was coming from it really did get everyone's attention and I'm pretty sure it would have got the neighbours attention as well very tolerant neighbours I think because I don't know if they got too many complaints they knew this family but what an amazing sound it was. And it certainly got everyone's attention. And I want to tell you this morning that there was another Sunday morning over 2,000 years ago where another sound was heard that got everybody's attention. It was the sound of the announcement that the body of the Lord Jesus Christ was no longer in the tomb. In fact, this sound became the declaration that was to be heard all over the world that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had been risen from the dead, had risen from the dead. Like the blast of this Swiss, Swiss Alp horn. But not only this time, this time it caught the world's attention, not just those locally, but it caught the whole world's attention, that Jesus Christ had risen from the grave. And you know, as we read the Scriptures, the Scriptures remind us of another horn blast, that will be heard by us all one day. And it comes from 1 Thessalonians 4.16. And Paul says this, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, listen to these words, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. What a great sound that's going to be. And on that first resurrection Sunday morning, the first day of the week, I believe God wanted the whole of creation to know that his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who had died and was buried, was now alive forevermore. And with these thoughts, I want us to consider three things this morning. Three things that the resurrection of Christ declares to all people everywhere we all need to hear about this maybe you've heard it again maybe it's you're just hearing it again and again and again can I ask you this if you've heard it again have you told someone else yet this story because people need to hear about it they need to hear the sound of this acclamation 
Well, firstly, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's God's declaration that he is the God of life. He's the God who gives life. The God who gives life. You just start at the first book of the Bible. Start at Genesis, for example, and it becomes very apparent that this God is the God who creates and gives life. If you read Revelation, uh, sorry, I'll get it right. Genesis 1 and 2, in those chapters, you'll find these words. Let the water teem with living creatures. Let the land produce living creatures. And God said, let us make man in our own image. These are words you'll find in these two chapters. Let us make man in our own image and likeness. And God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And of course, in the middle of the garden, what's the tree of? Life. He's the God of life. The God who gives life. The God who created life. In John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 4, John says, In him was life. In him was life. And on that resurrection morning, the angels confirmed again this glorious truth by asking and also by declaring to the women who came to the tomb that day, saying those magnificent words, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. And I think that's the message that we need to get on board as a church. We need to come and see and then go and tell. I want to read you a little story. The story is told of two little African boys who were slaves to an Arab master. He taught them to believe in Muhammad whose body, they were informed, was preserved in a coffin in the city of Medina in Arabia. One day these little lads heard a missionary tell about the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. That night in the darkness of their little hut, they talked the matter over with each other. What think you? asked one of them. Our master tells us that Muhammad is dead. And that his dead body is kept in a coffin. But the other man tells us that Jesus, the Son of God, who came to die for us, rose again and is alive. I think, replied the other, that I would rather believe in the living one. Let me encourage you to consider this morning. Who do you believe in this morning? In what or in whom lies your hope? Where do you place your hope today? Is it in someone who lived and died? Or is it in the one who died and now lives forevermore? He's called the living one. Revelation 1.18 as well. And may your declaration on this Resurrection Sunday be like those of those two little African boys in that they said, and that we might say, I think, that it would, I think I'd rather believe in the living one. Is that your declaration this morning? And secondly, the resurrection of Jesus is God's declaration that he is the God who conquers death. 
He's the God who conquers death. Death was never part of God's original creation plan. But it came about as a result of man's sin and man's disobedience to God. You remember the story again? Let's go back to Genesis. God said to Adam and Eve right at the start, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Genesis 2.16 Human beings, by God's design, creation, were given the freedom of choice. The freedom of choice. And they chose with that freedom to disobey God. And then death resulted, as God said it would. And the amazing thing that still grips me today, and I wonder if it does you, the amazing thing is that instead of just saying, well, look, that's it, God's saying, well, that's it, wipe them all out. Instead of wiping us all out, God not only persevered with us, but he paid the ultimate price that would save us from the ultimate death in a Christless eternity called hell. That's what we've been saved from. Thank you, Lord, that you are risen from the dead, conquering death and hell. This is what the declaration of the resurrection is all about. The Apostle Paul explains it like this to the Corinthian believers when he said these words that I just read before. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, he says, Now, brothers, sisters, I want to remind you of this gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. And verse 3 says this, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. Perhaps if you've got a pen and you've got that passage open, underline that. As of first importance. I want to put a pause on it there for a minute. Because I want to ask you this question. What's of first importance to you today? I wonder if it's that thing that you're thinking about right now that you've got to do when you finish this service. That thing you've got to fix up at the office. That thing you've got to do next week. That purse you've got to ring. Something to do at home, something in the job, something with someone else. I wonder if those things are the first importance to you. You see, Paul says this, he goes on. Verses 3 and 4, he says, For I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He says, this is what's of first importance. I wonder if it is for you today. Lots of stuff is vying for that first importance, that first place in our life. We have to be on guard against those things. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's declaration that he is the God who conquers death. What could be more important than to know that and to believe that, to live that and to speak that to others? He's conquered death. 
The word of God in Hebrews, the Hebrew writer, he says this in chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all of their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You know, when, when Jesus died, he broke the power of death that Satan had over the whole of humanity. Satan was defeated at the cross. And the resurrection is God's declaration of this glorious fact. Listen to how John Stott puts that. He says this, The resurrection was the conquest confirmed and announced. We are not to regard the cross as defeat and the resurrection as victory. Rather, the cross was the victory won and the resurrection the victory endorsed, proclaimed and demonstrated. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Because death had already been defeated, the evil principalities and powers which had been deprived of their weapons and their dignity at the cross were now in consequence put under his feet and made subject to him. Glorious truth. But what about those? What about those who reject this? What about those who reject Christ in preference for other philosophies, for other teachings, for other religions, for other stuff about life after death, for example, and about reincarnation or whatever else? What about those who are in that category? To be very honest with you this morning, apart from them being deceived by those philosophies and teachings, I also believe that deep inside, deep inside they are, as the scripture says in Hebrews 2.15, they are held in slavery by their fear of death. And I believe that is a genuine fear that people have. Even though some will say, oh, I'm not frightened to death. Genuinely, deep inside, without Christ, there is, I believe, that fear of death that's there. Only Christ removes that fear. I saw this once, and it's something that's probably been burned into my memory, one of those things that you probably never forget. I remember seeing this in the face of a man one day when I was taking him into hospital in the back of the ambulance. He'd suffered a severe heart attack, and I'd only been fairly new in the job. And, uh, and he was talking to me, and I was talking to him, calming him and doing what I normally do in patient care and so on, trying to keep him, trying to keep him calm because he was distressed. He was visibly distressed. He was visibly afraid. I could see it in his eyes and in his face. And during the transport, he said to me, he looked up at me and he said, I'm going to die. How do you, what do you say when someone says that to you? I didn't know what to say. It hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks, this guy telling me. He looked at me and he said, I'm going to die. I didn't know what to say to him. It just caught me offhand. And, I, and all I knew what to say, back, all, I, all I could say was, no, you're not. What do you say? And as we began to unload this man, 
reversed back into the, into, the, into the casualty area of the Royal Brisbane Hospital. As we began to do that and we pulled the stretcher out, he arrested on the stretcher. And I yelled at him, just a, just a thing, like, Oi! I said. And he opened his eyes up at me and looked at me. And then his eyes closed. And we couldn't resuscitate him, try as we might. Try as the doctors might. He was not resuscitated. Gone. And it was sad to see that this man was frightened. Unlike some of the folk that we visit in hospital who know they're going to die, Betty's one. You don't see that look of fear in her eyes. It's peace, tranquility. She's ready. I wonder if you're in that category today. This is real. You know, a relative once complained to my superiors. I work with a Christian guy. And a relative complained to our superiors that I'd caused her terminally ill husband distress and herself distress. Because one day I handed him a little tract, a Christian tract. It was called Facing Death, put out by SGM, Scripture Gift Mission. I used to carry some of these things around with me. And I handed him this tract. He took it willingly. I talked with him. He took this thing. But his wife saw it and made a complaint because it distressed him and it distressed her. But try to imagine, if you possibly can, the distress he will face on that day if he died without Jesus Christ in his life. Try to imagine the distress when we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ if you don't have Jesus in your life. Try to imagine the distress when God says, why did you reject my son, the saviour of the world? I had to change my tactics a little bit after that. But we had some wonderful opportunities that God provided to share Christ with people along the ways God opened those doors. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead to declare to the world that he is the God who conquers death and he conquers the fear of death for those who put their trust in him. And Jesus says to you, if you're a child of God this morning, these are your words, these are words for you today. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever and hold the keys of death and of Hades. And on this glorious resurrection morning, can you say, can you personally say, thank you Lord Jesus for conquering death for me. Thank you for taking away my fear of death. 1 John 4.18. Drop that verse down. Beautiful verse. 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love. For perfect love drives out, casts out all fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfect in love. You need to read that scripture and know the truth of that in your own heart. Thirdly and finally, the resurrection of Jesus is God's declaration that he is the God who guarantees our own resurrection. 
It's God's declaration that he is the God who guarantees our own resurrection. The word of God again through the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians says this, verse 20, chapter 15, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. What a glorious truth. You see, this is God's guarantee to you this morning. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14 and verse 19, Because I live, you also will live. Fantastic truths, glorious guarantees. So as believers, we know that when death comes, the body will return to the dust from where it came. We know that. But we also know this, it's not the end. Death is not the end, as so many people believe it is. How many of you talk to? They don't have that hope. The body just goes in the ground. It's gone. Finished. Annihilation. So many have that thought. But it's not annihilation. There's more to come. And it's a horrifying thought if you're not in Christ. In Christ, it's a glorious thought. It's what the resurrection's all about. The Bible teaches that your spirit goes immediately. The body ceases to function. Your spirit goes immediately into the presence of the Lord. Paul mentions that a number of times. Here's two. Have a look at them. Look up in your Bible. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5.8. He said that he would rather be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Absent from the body is to be at home in the presence of the Lord. He said the same thing to the Philippians in Philippians 1. Read verses 20 to 24. Philippians 1, 20 to 24. But listen to verse 23. He says, I desire to to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. He says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. I wonder if that's your assurance this morning. You see, the Bible also says that when Christ returns, that there will also be a bodily resurrection of all those who died in Christ. And so he says these words, 1 Corinthians 15, 42 to 44, so will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. How many times times have we mentioned the word raised here? It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body body take heart this morning the body that you have won't be the one you'll have in glory isn't that great amen lots of amens here this morning yes we also know this we also know that there will be a resurrection of all the dead 
all the dead. That's believers and that's unbelievers as well. Revelation 20 speaks of this. It speaks very clearly. It speaks very, very clearly, very adamantly. And we need to know this. And if you want to hear the gospel, this is the full gospel truth. And it's simply this. That yes, there will be a resurrection of all, of all people, believers and unbelievers. Unbelievers to eternal separation. Called the lake of fire, which is the second death. Believers to eternal life with Christ. That's the glorious hope. That's the message of the gospel. So we need to choose Christ. To choose Christ is to choose life. And his resurrection guarantees our own. It's God's guarantee. And folks, it's in writing. We have God's guarantee in writing. Always good to get a guarantee in writing, correct? Sometimes verbal guarantees aren't really worth much. Get it in writing. We have God's guarantee here in writing. In writing. It's God's word, his word, and he always tells the truth, always keeps the truth. This is one guarantee, folks, one guarantee that we all need to keep, we all need to read regularly, and we all need to know its terms and conditions. And I want to close with this question. I'd like you to walk out, if nothing else, with nothing else, with this in your heart, with your mind, in your mind this morning. Do you personally have this? Do you personally have his guarantee in your life this morning? Of his resurrection life in you. Do you have his guarantee of that for you this morning? Because I would think that in a crowd this size, there'd be those who would be struggling, those who may not have that absolute guarantee. If you don't have that guarantee, if you don't have that absolute assurance this morning, then I'm going to ask that you talk with someone before you leave. One of the pastors, one of the elders, someone that you might be even just sitting beside this morning. Talk to that person before you leave today. This is of first importance. Nothing else really matters apart from you knowing where your eternal destination is with Christ. That's what the resurrection's all about. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the glorious experience and witness of the Holy Spirit in our own hearts that Jesus Christ is real. He's alive and he makes all the difference in a human life so we thank you this morning father for your guarantee we thank you for your declaration and lord help us as people who know this truth not to sit on this truth not to keep it to ourselves but to proclaim it to others heavenly father we know there's a lot of people around us even some relatives family members friends who don't have this hope show us how we can share this with them not to preach at them, Lord, but to live this out, to pray for them, that you might raise up an opportunity to share this glorious truth with somebody over this Easter period. And loving Father, be anybody amongst us who doesn't have that assurance, may they indeed talk with someone and receive your absolute assurance before leaving this place today. Father, we thank you for being amongst us Thank you that you go before us. 
and you are with us forever. We just bless you this glorious resurrection Sunday morning for these truths. Make them real to us, Lord. Help us to live them out and share them with others, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.